Hey, everybody, welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. It's Friday night, Andy, and we are very excited. Just wrapped up a great conversation with our friend George Sedano. Brian, it's Uh, Friday. That's right. Hey! 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 It's Friday. Bernie hanging out Friday. (laughs) Hey! Hey! As he does. Um, so we just, just wrapped up our conversation with George Sedano, uh, got into some great stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit of LeBron, a little bit of all-star game stuff, Andy, a lot of great, some really great Pat Riley stories as yeah, Sedano has. Um, he once again reminded everybody, yes, I was at Dan Levitard's wedding. Like we oh know George, God, very famous geez, and a very George. important man. Oh man. I like, not only was this totally just a transparent flex name drop. It was unprompted. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, really, like, this was George going out of his way. It's like, dude, we understand, <laughs> sir. This is an Arby's. <laughs> you are part of La Familia, La Familia <laughs> de Lebetard. We understand, but I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, come on. So, uh, but anyway, so we, and most importantly, though, we introduce uh, the probably the most important thing we've done on the on the late night happy hour, uh, a little segment that we call Sedano explains Florida. Yes. Um, I, it's a Florida's terrible state. Yes, it um, is. But George is willing to stick up for it, and we we need him to explain to us why so much strange shit happens in Florida, um, and he does it, uh, and you will see that. So let's, without further ado, Andy, let's go ahead and 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 bring on George, and I will pull this up and share the audio, and here we go, George Sedano. All right, uh, George Sedano joining us now. Very excited to have you on, George. We have a tremendous amount to cover, um, uh, just things that we've been looking forward to for a long time. We've had this um, one circle, George, as it, you know. It, oh, listen, ten. we have been going back and forth, uh, your people and my people, and by your people and my people, I mean us, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. on this. So, yeah, I'm glad we were, we were able to make it work. Um, before we start, though, I, everybody knows it's uh, it's Sedano, LZ, and Cap. You've worked with a tremendous amount of of people over the course of your career, George. You've been uh, very lucky, very gifted. But I do need to know what is it like to work with the the all time leading scorer in the NBA, the captain Kareem Abdul Jabbar, on a live radio show. <laughs> Listen, man, you know uh, I know that Kareem has always wanted to get into media, right? He <laughs> at first. It was uh, one of those issues that, you know, he felt that, you know, despite being truculent towards the media, that he deserved better coverage. And I feel like he's finally succumbed to the pressure of coming to the dark side. Oh, is no, the cap it's not. And- cap. It's it's not, not. No, no. Oh. It's Scott Kaplan. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he is not the all-time leading scorer in the no. NBA. No. No. That is much less impressive. You know our theory, though. Andy and I have been trying to figure this. This has been a running thing on the late night happy hour that – Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, wherever you put him in the GOAT conversation for basketball, is 100% on the Mount Rushmore of like the GOATs of impressive human beings. Like He's oh an God, all-time yeah. GOAT person. Yo, when he dropped in that Bruce Lee 30 for 30, you know, my friend Bruce Lee, it's like, <laughs> whoa. Like That in itself is just amazing, right? Kareem could have literally never picked up a basketball his entire life Right. And he would have had this incredibly noteworthy, eventful career as a writer. Like just yeah. that alone, like a historian. I, I interviewed Kareem for a history documentary that he did on 
uh, black soldiers in the Revolutionary War, which I, I frankly knew nothing about until I interviewed him about this. He, he was like the producer of it, I believe the writer, narrator. And because Kareem was involved with this, it was incredible. Like everything he's done, like at some point, like every time he writes an article for Hollywood Reporter or Newsweek. Or the LA Times, I think. The right? LA Times. Yeah. It's, Still, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's like, it's embarrassing, like to the rest of us. Like, you know. I was about to say, not to him, to us. No, <laughs> no like, sure. Yeah. Like, seriously, man, like, save a yeah, little I, for the I rest of us. I need like 37 editors anytime I write anything. Like, I'm sure he's just doing that freehand and just turning it in, and then they just, you know. You know, but like, you know, name it uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald didn't invent the skyhook. Like, he was a Look, good writer, yes. but like, he didn't do that. <laughs> I think that's the first time that that phrase ever been uttered, maybe in the history of man. F. F. Scott Fitzgerald is a really good writer, but he didn't invent the skyhook. I mean, what the like, hell? You know, those are two incredible, like, you know, like the, the diversity of stuff that he is, is good at. Oh, like, yeah. he is, I mean, if you go from high school to through pros, there's no question Kareem is the most accomplished basketball player of all time. So sure. then like and and he's also all this other. So again, goat of human beings. He is absolutely on the Mount Rushmore. Find me someone better. Basically what Brian like the, and and again, he didn't have this kind of playing career as a pro as Kareem, but I always tell the story that you can't tell the story of basketball in this country without Kareem and without Pat Riley, okay? Because Here's the thing. Pat Riley also played against Kareem in high school, uh, beat Kareem, if I recall correctly, um, and then also played in the most important college basketball game in the history of college basketball. Uh, Texas Western started yes. five uh, African-American players for the first time in the championship game against Pat Riley and Adolph Rupp in Kentucky. Um, and he was also him and Rid I guess he was uh, like an advisor to Ridley Scott who produced that movie, the uh, Glory Road movie. And, you know, then Pat's career, obviously, as, as a coach and an executive and um, just a, 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 a speaking, you know, with all his speaking engagements. There are few people in this world that when they talk to you, you absolutely should drop everything you can to listen to them. Kareem is one of them. And I think Riles is in that conversation, too. Like I spoke the last time I spoke to him at length was at Levitard's wedding. This is like November of 2019. And we spoke for Quite 30 flex, minutes. George. Huh? Quite a flex. Hey, you were on the Lauer After Hours, okay? So like, we're all <laughs> in the same family together. Um, I mean, none of them, I don't think, were invited to Levitard's wedding. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know that, okay? I don't know that. You're, You're like, right. I, I know, but you don't know. You don't I'm just know. not allowed to say. Right. So anyway, yeah, it was a secret <laughs> wedding, basically. So it was like, it got to the point where Mrs. Sedano and Mrs. Riley were like trying to pull us apart, like which was kind of funny because I hadn't seen him in so long. But yeah, Kareem, Riles, like, Cherish the people we got, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're not going to be around forever, you know? No, absolutely. And by the way, this was also a long uh, joke setup of Brian's to basically say, get your shit together, Kaplan, because you're nowhere close to the actual cap. Is, like, or <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, is Pat Riley available to be the third guy in that show? I mean, he's always wanted to move back to Malibu, right? Like, that's yes. his Valhalla. So, you know what? Maybe that's my move. You know, Pat, you should just turn the – the reins over to Spo. Just let him be pop, right? And then you come to Malibu and you do the show with us. Let's go. He's, he's putting in the time. When do you think, by the way, before because we got we got a lot. Speaking of Riley, of Florida to get to. We've been talking yes, about. Yes, I'm prepared. I am this, very prepared for this. Been talking about this segment for a long time. George Sedano explains Florida, but like before before we get to that, 
When do you think Riley will actually just hand over the keys to somebody else and actually go to this incredible, like incredible home that he has in Malibu that I guess is empty most of the time? <laughs> yeah, he's got cameras though. He does have cameras. He can go on his phone and look at the house and the ocean and all of it, right? And he built this house way back in the day. I right? know. Like 40 years ago, you know? Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. The answer to that question is I sure as hell don't know because I actually had that conversation with someone who has been around Pat for many, 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 many years, right? And I said, oh, you know, eventually Pat, you know, he's going to have to call it quits. He's, just, he's like, man, listen, Pat ain't going anywhere, okay? He is going to be there till the end. Um, now, look, that is – um, not what he has told people. I remember he told my my buddy Ethan Skolnick many years ago when he worked at Bleacher Report. Uh, after LeBron left, he he was quoted and said, "You know, all I want is one more, and I may not even stick around for the parade." Now, listen, I, I know that sounds great, and and maybe he would surprise me, but I don't buy that for he, one second. I, I do not know him at all. I mean, I I've, I've had one. You know, I think in all the time I've worked around basketball, I might have been involved in one conversation in a group with Pat Riley. He does not strike me as the kind of person who's going to retire. Like, I don't think he'd be good at retiring. No, I don't think so either. He's become a lot better over the years at the family thing because he was tunnel vision. Okay, like. He was, this is my life. I've got to do this. Like he treated every game like it was a game seven. And, you know, that intensity wears on people after a while, right? Players, everybody, people in the organization. But he has always been someone, and I admire him unlike anyone because when I was a punk-ass kid covering the Miami Heat, literally a punk-ass kid in 2003, um, you know, he rode me occasionally, but he was always there to tell me, like, you did this good, this sucked, like, and just having those kinds of people in your life, right? Like you guys covered Phil, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, you got to take them seriously. And to your credit, like, yeah. if, you, you know, a lot of times people are willing to put that out there um, for your benefit, whether it's a, you know, a person like Pat Riley, whether it's a, a more senior journalist, whatever it is, and not everyone listens. And so, no. you know, you gotta, you gotta listen and actually take yeah. what they're saying seriously. Yeah, but um, I guess, to, uh, yeah, to answer your point, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like, I think yeah. Pat is going to do this for as long as he can do it. Like, that's it. And we'll be, you know, the, the day he's not doing it is the day that we'll, you know, probably be mourning him because that's what he is. He is a basketball lifer. Yeah, it's funny. I was laughing when you said, you know, he treat, you know, treating everything like game every day, like game seven, everything like game seven. Yeah. I texted Andy before before, you know, we started talking tonight um, that if we if Andy and I had taken every aspect of our careers as seriously and intensely as we have preparing for the Florida segment tonight. <laughs> 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 we yeah. like we would we would be you know like Simmons would be like looking at with his media empire going God I wish I had what they had <laughs> like, I mean seriously like, first this is our logo, game seven I see a logo which is awesome I love the logo when did this start because when I was here last there wasn't a logo no we had we used to have a logo um, well back in the ESPN days uh, that was taken care of for us. Right. Carlo took care of that for us. Then we, we no, that's Land of Lakers. Let me see what I can find. We had this for a little while, um, so I'll take that away. But it, it's 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 a little big when we go with the three, and right. so uh, I like then that 
like that one. Yeah, this is a good one. We just need to make it slightly larger. This was yeah. made by uh, Jorge's friend, right, Andy? Yes. Yeah, uh, Jorge. Yeah. Briones. Jorge Briones. From yeah. A yeah. uh, buddy of his, and I, I apologize. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, which is awesome promotion for him. Yeah, but he, but he, he made that for us, and it, it's, it's fantastic. But you're going to see, George, that we've gone all out for this segment in terms of the bells and the whistles and the visuals, like you are going to feel very special. Yeah. I mean, you, you are going to feel like this I, at the end. You're going to be doing pelvic thrusts oh, in I celebration. So yeah, I, I, here. I have actual like, like documents that I have uh, perused to make sure <laughs> that I have the answers for a lot of your questions. Excellent. Thank we you. are very, very excited. Um, yeah. So, so before we get to uh, the point of tonight, which is George Sedano explains Florida, I do the the one basketball. I, we're not going to go through like what does it mean if Dennis Schroeder misses four games instead of six games, and we're not doing that tonight. The part that I am interested in, I, I, I really curious, and as somebody who's been around LeBron and and kind of played in that orbit a little bit, as you've said before, George, you speak LeBron. I do. Yes. Yes. Very fluent. It's a it's a rarely used category on Rosetta Stone. Um, what is going to happen when he gets to the All Star game? Is he going to play hard? Is he going like? Is he going to in the end kind of do the company thing here and try to put on a good show? Uh, what is he going to do? Because what he does, a lot of guys are going to do. Okay, so we spent a ton of time talking about Pat Riley, right, and how intense he is, and how he wants to you know treat everything like Game Seven. When LeBron James has his mind set on something, and once, particularly once he's within the white lines of a basketball court, um, he's going to play basketball at a really high level. Like I don't think there's any question about that. He's just too competitive. Um, I think part of the reason even Riles didn't get along uh, at the end and had some of that those issues they had uh, when he left to Cleveland was just how competitive they are. Um, you know, and so I, I I do think he's going to play. Um, and once he's there, he's going to be LeBron James, man. Like he is, you know, I know that he took a lot of grief early in Cleveland when, you know, he had an injury. Like that's the other part of this. Like people were giving him grief like, oh, LeBron's going to take his two-week vacation here, you know, in Cleveland. He's going to go down to Miami and train. Um, he was hurt, like legitimately hurt. Like his back was really messed up in 2014. And you know, it, he got lucky that the guy who helped him at the time, Donnie Raymond, who was um, one half of the Donnie Raymond David Alexander group that uh, has worked with a ton of athletes, including Dwayne Wade. Uh, they fixed Dwayne's knees late in his career. Uh, they have fixed Chris Paul. That's who they work with a lot oh, now. Um, they are the group that has fixed Chris Paul. Uh, they fixed LeBron's back. Uh, LeBron's back was in really bad shape. Brian Windhorst wrote a story about this back then at the time. Uh, it's worth your time to Google it and read it. Uh, look, he, he has been through a lot. So I know people said that, but I think LeBron really cares about putting on a show, right? Uh, for the fans, whether they're in attendance or not for the TV audience, whatever it is, he feels as the face of the league for many years now, like it's on him. And I also think the MVP stuff matters to him because he has been robbed a number of times and what's been held against him is sitting out some games, right? So since I guess that second to last year, that last year in Cleveland, where he played all 82, right? I think it's been a focus of his to be like, all right, you know what? I'm going 
know, oh yeah, no, it's it is it is plainly obvious that he right. cares about playing every night. There's yeah, no I'll, question I'll, about that. You know, bleep to the wall every day. You know, and and so be it. And let's see what the results are. I just I this the I because like uh, this afternoon when the Lakers had media availability, I asked Kuz, you know, hey, the, a lot of guys have complained about the All Star game. You know, as somebody who's not going to be there, no disrespect, but like, what do you? How do you feel about the game? Do you think it should be played? Because it's, I get the impression none of these guys. It's like it's not because of COVID. They just don't want to play. They feel like they were sold. You know, told they weren't have to. Um, they want the time off, and Kuz is like, "I'm going somewhere with a like a nice beach." I, you know, if I was playing, maybe I'd feel different and all that. Andy, you were on the call too. I got a very strong, "Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to touch this one" vibe because Kyle Kuzma and James Ennis the third and Anthony Mc, or and, and Alfonso McKinney, right. like that's who they're playing this game for. It's not for Giannis and LeBron, right? No, I, so, I, I I feel like ultimately what we're going to end up happening is I, I don't think it's going to be a very good game because I think the guys, frankly, aren't going to have the rest that they need. I think some of them really just aren't going to want to be there regardless of, you know, whether somebody like LeBron decides I'm, I'm going to ball out because that's my job. I think LeBron is going to ball out, but I think he will find ways talking afterwards to not even subtly passive aggressively let everybody know just what a pain in the ass this was. And how put upon he was to be doing this thing, even if he performs at a very high level. Because yeah. as we all know, LeBron forgets nothing. Yeah. Oh, no, no. No question about that. I could ask him. Oh, wrong side. He's right there above me. So, <laughs> <laughs> TV weatherman George Sedano joins us tonight. Um, but, yeah, it's it, – he, he's going to do the right thing because he always does the right thing yeah. in those situations. Um, so I, I, I feel confident that's the case. I do hope the game is good because if you're going to have it, you know, you might as well make it interesting. And I think that there's some guys in there that be, there will be some guys who haven't been there that many times where those guys are going to want to play. The Bradley Beals of the world. Like, I think that's a showcase for some guys like that. Do you think the coaches want to be there? Like Doc's, Doc's staff today clinched it, and I guess it's Quinn Snyder's staff clinched it. Like, do they want to go? Doc said he'd like to find a way for Pop to do it. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> um, I think Quinn would probably want to go because he's never done it. Right. So I think that there's some of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're someone like Doc who's done it already, it's like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, so who do you think, obviously, we don't know the whole teams yet, but who do you think there's always the one guy who really wants to win MVP? Um, <laughs> oh, Dame is going to be the guy this year, isn't it? Or Bradley? I feel like it's going to be one of those two guys. This is Lillard's third All Star, something like that. I mean, or it's not fourth. Fourth. Now. Okay. So it's been a it's been a little while now since we've done the thing where Lillard gets snubbed, and I'm one hundred percent convinced he no, 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 he's still snubbed. He should have been a starter. No, but he's but he but he's on the team. This right, be no, his sixth there time. were there were okay. at least two seasons prior to the ones he made it that you were like, how the hell doesn't even doesn't he even make the squad? But I was just I I was always convinced the Blazers. We're paying people around the league to not put Damian Lillard on the all-star team because then he would come back every year and average 35 in the second half of the season because he was so pissed. Right. And then, of course, couple that with the fact that 538 every year, always picked them to win like 38 games in that same right. stretch. So there was like double motivation. He's become, I mean, he's absolutely one of my favorite players in the league. And I think that's true for a lot of people. He's actually kind of broke, busted his way into the MVP conversation. Uh, like, I agree. I think Steph is in that conversation now too. You know, yeah. like 
Um, you know, Kawhi is back tonight, right? So we'll see if he can continue to kind of put himself in that spot. Tim Bontemps at ESPN does like the straw poll of like 100 people all over the country. I was one of the people he texted. And, you know, at, this is like back in early February, right? I want to say it was the first week. So I had LeBron, I had Embiid, I had Jokic, and then I had Kawhi and KD because at that time they had played a, a decent amount of games. But I honestly, after those first three, at least up until that point, it was challenging because the Warriors were like 500 and then like, you know, and it, the, the Blazers were pretty good. I think they were like a five or six seed at that point. But it's like, do you want to put someone who's like a five or a six seed on there? Um, so it was, it was, it's just, it's just a strange season, which look, honestly should be just the theme for the whole season and the whole year and last year and probably this whole decade. Is it's actually <laughs> this, this season is weirder than last season. It is. It is because we got most of the season in last year. Right. That was Dude, I'll never forget how this all went down. Okay. Like I was, so I did a game. I did, man, I should have bought, like, honestly, I was in New Orleans so much last season that I probably should have bought an apartment. But um, <laughs> that, Jeez. so I was in New Orleans and this was like early March. So this is like when it was a thing, but it wasn't like pandemic yet. Like here, like we weren't, we were still we like, we could still do this without, right, you know, right. It's still a and joke. For that, yeah. And we were kind of like wondering, like, is this going to make its way here? Like, what's this going to be like? And I remember thinking to myself, like, I didn't want to go, but uh, someone who in, in the league texted me and's like, hey, I'm having a beer at this place. Come have a drink with me. I was like, come on, man. I literally just got into bed after dinner. Like, I just want to chill. Like, stuff is crazy. And he's like, no, no, come on, come on. So I said, all right. So I fought, he you know, guilted me into it, peer pressured. I walk over there, right? And I said to myself, as I'm walking down this kind of lonely street, before I get to the main drag on Canal and then cross street with Bourbon, I was like, I'm like, I'm on Canal on the opposite side of Bourbon. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to keep going this way. I'm going to go all the way around the side street, stay as far as away as I can from Bourbon Street. Um, because if this thing is real, this place is going to be really bad. And it was. Oh, yeah. It was. Unfortunately, I mean, it was bad. And so we went into this bar, which, you know, it was like a small place, but they had the windows open and the doors open just because that's what they normally do. Right. And, it's know, it's March and, by the, yeah. by the door and the windows. And I was just like, but that was all that was in my head then. Um, so that week where it, when it happened, I was supposed to do a Saturday game. It was Warriors Bucks. I'll never forget. It was March 14th, which was a Saturday. And my wife and I, we had we were renting a place and we were moving into a new rental and I was going to do it. We were going to move in on that date, March 14th. But then I got assigned the game. So I told my wife, hey, can you call the movers and see if they can do it on a Thursday, uh, the 12th? And I was like, OK, cool. Um, so the day before was the Rudy Gobert thing. And I'll never forget. Um, I was in the car. And I had gone to pick up something to eat for us. And I called her and, you know, I'm listening to the radio. Everything's going nuts, right? Like everybody's talking about it. And I, I call her and I said, so this just happens. Like, yeah, I just saw on social media. And I said, there's probably very little chance I'm traveling to Milwaukee on Saturday. And I think we need to call the movers or email the movers and find out if we are still moving tomorrow, because I think the world is going to change. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what happened, Andy. Oh, yeah. I, I remember uh, that week. I, I was doing uh, – this back when it was Ke- uh, Keyshawn, Travis, and LZ. Mm-hmm. I was doing uh, – I was sitting in for Travis that whole week. Right. And that, that – we were starting to get the idea that this is starting to get worse. It's starting to become a thing. Then that Wednesday was Rudy Gobert Day, also known as Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson Day. Correct. And, yes. and that's when everything stopped. And my wife – you know, I'm getting up the, every day at like 5 in the morning. At this point, because I'm I'm filling in for Travis, and my wife had been getting increasingly nervous about sending our daughter to school and whether or not we should do this. And I kept telling her, I'm like, look, I'm cool with whatever decision you want to make. If you want to pull her out, if you're not feeling comfortable, pull her out. It's it's not a big deal to me, but ultimately it's your choice because I'm already going to be out of the house. Right. And you know, she was like feeling bad about it, and she's like, you know, the the, the school like you know affects resources, things like that when kids are absent. I said, look, honestly. Do whatever you want, because this was a Wednesday. I was like, by Friday, I can promise you that's the last day of school. Right. I'm like, I can tell you that after this week that we're in, there's going to be no school. It's going to be suspended for a while. So at worst, you're pulling her out two days early. So do whatever you want. But I can tell even then, I'm like, man, shit's about to go sideways yeah. in ways that we have never seen before. Well, it's funny because the... um so we did end up moving the next day. The movers like, yeah, yeah, we're on. And they came and they moved us. And I gave them a huge tip. First of all, I gave them a huge tip because it was pouring rain on a – it never rains here, as you guys know, um, in L.A. And it was pouring. So I gave them a huge tip on that. And I also like felt like I gave them like a pandemic tip too, like just in <laughs> case. Um, because it was – like I was just – thrilled that we were able to do it because then it was like, all right, then we got to just go extend our, you know, month to month, maybe where we were going. Like we had already told them we were leaving. Um, like the whole thing would have been a mess, but uh, we were very thankful that that happened. And then, yeah, everything changed that I clearly didn't go to do that game <laughs> and no one did anything. And we are still here. Uh, although I have done some games since. Yes. Yeah. It was just, it's, I mean, I, my, my lasting memory is thinking about Nets game that they played going, thinking it might be the last one we're in person for for a while going i gotta be there because this might be the last game and like a week after going what the hell was i why did i need to be there I mean, it was like it seemed so important at the time and then as soon as you're done with you're like well that was completely unimportant then i can play basketball for six months and dude let me tell you um you know look i i don't want to get into like you know a, a deep com- philosophical conversation about you know working during a pandemic or whatnot but just as a sports fan, so compartmentalizing it as a sports fan for a second, those few months, man, were wild. Like in the sense of like the world was stopped. But for us, like think about it, like in sports, how many times has the sports world stopped? Like 9-11, right? Um, you know, really probably World War II. We, I mean, I was, we weren't alive during that time, right? So Andy was. Uh, it, Andy was. <laughs> But it was like there are very few moments, and this thing stopped for months. Like, yeah, we were it, it me for my service, George. <laughs> if, it were, if it were, thank you for your service. Uh, if you, if we were ever going to get back to any semblance of normalcy, so, um, while you know, we're sitting here talking about the all star game and whether it should happen or not, the fact that we have any games, um, to me is a product of ingenuity, um, and just people being, you know really smart about how to handle it in the initial phases for sure. You know, the NHL bubble, the NBA bubble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right. So 
that's all well and good. Let's do Florida, man. Let's go. Come right. on. All right. As you know, George, I think we've had this conversation. If were it up to me, yes. this is how uh, Florida would get treated. Like oh, all the time. Yeah. I know you're not. I home. consider I consider Florida to be easily the worst of the real states in America. Like Wait, America is like states. America is like 25 real states and 25 states that allow you to fill out the conference. 25 you know? feels generous. But like, <laughs> you know, you've got, call it 20, but you know, you've got 20 legit states and then you need the other 30 to fill out the conference. Otherwise, you know, you can't be the big 12. You can't okay. be the, the SEC. You can't like, you know, I mean, What's Washington I State really the there for other than filler? On the front end, I love all states. Let's be honest. Some of these states, no, you don't. they're, they're play-in states. I, right. I, I, George, you don't love, How about you that? love Arkansas. Let's bring in Puerto Rico, okay? Let's bring oh, in I, I would do that. I'm, I'm, good with, I'm good with bringing in Puerto Rico. I would just like to swap out a state for Puerto Rico. I don't need 50. I don't need 51. I need fewer with Puerto Rico in there. You want it to be like the English English Premier League, where there's relegation. Is well, what you're well, I, want, I, want, I want the U.S. to do like a salary dump with Puerto Rico, where we send like five states out, like for Puerto Rico. Like we give up a bunch of expiring states for I mean, Puerto Rico. Guam is available, right? Told, you know, okay. perfect, you know. But I just you know, like I Arkansas, for example, is the Mississippi state of states. <laughs> if you understand, it's like it's there purely to fill out the conference. We do uh, not need our man. Listen, I've been there. I used to call college football games. So have I. Sun Belt Conference. Okay, I have been all around that area, and that is America, my friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. So of all the real states, Florida is the worst. <laughs> Although I did, go, I did, I did. Just quick aside. I did uh, call a game at Arkansas State one time, uh, the Wolfpack or the Red Wolfpack or something like that. Um, and uh, this was way back, like 10 years ago now. And um, it was a dry town, Jonesboro, Arkansas. I arrived at the hotel. I went straight to the bar. And the guy's like, nope. And I was like, <laughs> why do they have a bar? I don't know. It's just a hotel. Had a bar. I guess they just built it that way. Like maybe it was like, <laughs> like, you know, like hotels just have like a stock build out, right? Like, and that's probably what it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I would live in Florida before I lived in Mississippi or before I lived in Arkansas. Or it's it's no, it's not. It's a bad rap. It's a t well, it's the worst of the real states. Well, for, Florida. The problem, George, is <laughs> as you can see, it's got a little bit of the okay, crazy. So let me explain this, right? So let me explain this, okay? Um, I've done some research here, and if you have to go back. By the way, we have we have officially launched into tonight's featured segment. Sedano yeah. explains Florida. Yes, Sedano explains Florida. Here we go. <laughs> now you know, almost thirty minutes into the show, and here we are. So since 1909, Florida has a tradition that all government business is public business, and therefore should be available to the public. That means all records, photos, videos, you know, anything produced by a public agency is easy, easily accessible. And that includes public trusts, right? Um, so this is why you have access to more information in the state of Florida than anywhere else in the country. Hence why Florida Man started. Now, <laughs> the term Florida Man, before it became a famous meme, was actually coined 
by the folks at the Miami New Times, which, if I recall correctly, was also owned by the same company that created the original Village Voice in New York. Oh, um, so okay. they are, you know, one of these independent sources of local news, culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Just like the Village Voice, owned by the same companies. Um, and they coined that term, Florida Man, and then it became a thing. Um, so for everything that you see, it's because of this law that they have. Um, and, and the law allows you to do that, right? It's called the um, Open Government Law uh, is what I believe the name of it is. So that, that's it. So because of that, everything is on the table for you. <laughs> Including, by the way, like I'll give you a great example. So the Miami-Dade County Commissioner um, at, at the moment, one of them is named Xavier Suarez. He was once the city of Miami mayor. Okay. His son is now the now mayor. Now the current mayor of Miami, yes. Correct. He's the, right. He's been in the news recently a lot for his Bitcoin. Um, at, Correct. You know, Bitcoin. I have um, interviewed him. Side note. Anyway. Great. He's a, actual, an actual friend of mine, Francis Suarez. So, but like the funniest instance of this is this. So he was also, Francis was a commissioner before he was the mayor, right? While his dad was the, okay, so Francis was a city commissioner and his dad was a county commissioner, okay? Um, before Francis, the son, became mayor as well. Um, and they had to file a public notice to have a conversation. So the father had to file a public notice <laughs> to have a conversation with his own son because of this law. So I, I'm telling you, this is why we have what we have, and this is why Florida Man exists, is because of this law that was started in 1909. That may be all well and good, but you got to admit, there, there's some daffy stuff going on in Florida. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not just the transparency of this law, because there are certain places you could have the same transparency and they would not have some of the stories that we are going to go through right. with okay. you, George. Sure. Look, we had a guy try to eat people with bath salts <laughs> one time. You can't just blame that on 1909. Okay. I, I get it. But and that, that feels like the kind of thing we'd have found out about anyway. Yeah. That's maybe. not just the 1909 law. No, for sure. But I do think <laughs> the law makes it easier to find all these records is kind okay. of Okay. So what we, what we have for you tonight, George, is a series of stories, and we would like you to rate them on a one-to-five scale sort of of floridedness. Right, so um, one-to-five palm trees. No, gators. Oh, gators. Okay, we gators. gators. You, you rate each story on a scale of one-to-five gators, five being the most Florida-ish and one being not terribly Floridian. Okay. Um, and, and that's how this is going to go. Andy, you, you go first. Okay, uh, I've got a story. Call I call it nine one one as a joke in uh, Pasco County. I don't know where that is. Do you know where that is, George? Uh, it's like Central North Florida. Okay, well, uh, North they call it. North. This, <laughs> this gent, uh, Matthew <laughs> Lethem, uh, was, was arrested after calling nine one one multiple times at four a.m. to get a ride home. The first cop that responded uh, offered to take Lethem or get him a cab. He had been walking. Lethem said he didn't have the money for it. He called 911 again, and then they, the same cop responded. They found weed on him, and he was arrested. He also, as you can see, has a state of Florida tattoo right in the middle of his face. Which we know about because of that law from 1908. <laughs> so, <laughs> on, a, on a, 1909. So, on a, 1908 was the World's Fair. 
So uh, in, in on a scale of one to five gators, George, what do you give that? Um, I mean, the tattoo makes you think you should give it a five, but it's really like, I don't know. I would say like somewhere between like a three and a four. I, look, we don't have three and a half, George. We just yeah, have three or four. Three gators. We'll go three, three gators. gators. Okay. Three gators. Okay. Isn't all that interesting. It's just the tattoo that made him <laughs> even register, to be honest. But it's so outlandish that it deserves at least three gators. It's above average because of the tattoo. Yeah. Oh, no. All the details matter. And, and the placement of the tattoo also matters. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, I guess it sort of looks like a birthmark. It does look like Gorbachev. It has <laughs> that, that Gorbachev-esque feel. Yes. Boy, Tear that wall down, Mr. Gorbachev. That is a three mile stair. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The stair is the stair is five, five gators. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brian, you're up. All right, so uh, police say they responded to the home of Joanna Zelinsky, uh, a home that she shares with her sister around 10.30 earlier this month uh, due to a 911 hang-up. Zelinsky's sister told officers they had been drinking together, and at some point she got tired and wanted to go to sleep while Zelinsky stayed up and continued drinking. Records show the victim went, quote, went crazy and attacked her with an EpiPen. Uh, stabbing her multiple times, including on the left thigh, where a welt had formed. When asked about the incident, police said Zelensky replied, quote, I'm allergic to drunks, so I injected her with the EpiPen so she wouldn't be drunk anymore. What's the big deal? <laughs> First responders arrived on the scene and said the victim wasn't actually injected with any medication during the incident because of the way Zelensky was holding the EpiPen. This is my favorite detail of the report. The EpiPen was prescribed to Zelensky but her sister doesn't have any allergies. <laughs> that I love that <laughs> detail. Um, you know, now just the, the back and forth. I feel the, like these people could date. The, like, the commentary, right? I think is interesting. I feel like, yeah, the fact that there was actually she she did try to stab her with an epipen that also wasn't armed with anything in it. Um, there's just the, the silliness aspect of it. I'm going to say that one is also three gators. I'm going to go okay, three, three gators. gators. Three gators for there. Reason, right? Because it is ridiculous. Um, you know, it involves alcohol and it involves, um, you know, again, some assault, but nothing really that is that out of the ordinary. You know, you've never gotten drunk and tried to stab someone with something before. And I with tend to try to stab Andy when I'm sober. When I'm drunk, I'm much wow. more fun. Only three gators. Three more gators there. On that one. Okay. okay. Um, this next one I call Two Girls, One Ring. Um, Volusia Sheriff's Detectives have a war arrest warrant out for a, a theft. Um, the suspect stole an engagement ring and wedding bands from his girlfriend in Orange City and used them to propose to his other girlfriend in Orlando, <laughs> Joseph Davis, who went by Joe Brown with one girlfriend and Marcus Brown with the other, is wanted on a felony charge of brand theft. Current address and whereabouts unknown, at least at the time of this article. The Orange City woman came forward and told detectives that she learned about this when she looked up her fiance's Facebook page, saw a photo of her wearing a wedding band and engagement ring that was identical to her own from a previous marriage. When she went to check her jewelry box, she discovered her rings were gone along with other jewelry. So two girls, one ring, George. Better than that website. I don't know. I don't feel like that one's all that good. I feel like that's a one gator for me. Like I'm not <laughs> feeling that. 
he was he was dating two women. Stole her jewelry. Wasn't using the correct name with either. Like he proposed to two women under a fake name. Eh, that's like an everyday. That's a that's a Wednesday in Florida. Uh, <laughs> say, you do realize this. All of this undercuts the argument you were making at the beginning of this segment, which was that. Essentially, this shit happens everywhere. We just know about it because Florida I mean, is yeah, is I the bet, sunshine state. I, I bet you, if we had the 1909 law, we would have it in other places too. Is what I would say. But I don't feel. I feel like that one's kind of like a yawner. I'm going one gator. Sorry. <laughs> All right. As we continue in Sedano, the inaugural edition of Sedano explains Florida. Um, I anyway, like this county. Uh, shout out to Volusia County. The uh, Daytona Beach, Vince Carter, since we love talking basketball. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, that was the first shout out to Volusia County that we've ever had on the late night happy hour. So um, there's always a is anybody here watching from <laughs> Volusia County? Woo! Vince is watching this stream right now. Okay. That would be awesome. Um, okay. Way, here we go. Watching, uh, come on the show. Yeah, please. Um, this is a uh, one we call monkey business an informal weekly <laughs> informal. I like that too. Weekly event known as monkey Mondays at Carabas Italian grill in Stewart, um, Florida was canceled after an eight year old boy was bitten by one of two pet monkeys brought by a local couple. This from the Miami Herald. The couple started the exotic pet friendly tradition when they brought their two pet monkeys to eat outside on a Carabas patio. Eventually, the waitstaff started calling the patrons weekly routine Monkey Mondays. Those days are over now as a nine month old capuchin named Jojo bit an eight year old boy on the finger. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I like this story both because exotic pets eating in a restaurant in Florida seems to be normal. Other people started bringing their uh, exotic pets to the table. And I also like it because it's a Carabas, which is a chain. Um, so Monkey Mondays at Carabas ends because a capuchin monkey bites an eight year old. George, what Who do we got? Not, by the way, the monkey had not been vaccinated for rabies. Five That's gators. Five gators. <laughs> Five gators. Excellent. You forgot the fact that the people at Carabas were openly welcoming uh, these people with the exotic pets. Uh, so that takes it way over the top. This is by far the best story that you've given me and the most Florida story. Because I will tell you this. So I grew up in a, in a city called Hialeah, Florida. Mm -hmm. And my neighbor also had a monkey. And he had two dogs too. He had a Doberman Pinscher and a uh, and a and a German Shepherd. And they had a cage for the monkey. And now the monkey never bit anybody. Um, you know, didn't be, didn't bite my neighbors. Uh, didn't bite any of us. Uh, but he did pee one time on one of my uh, neighbor friends, like a kid. <laughs> and uh, that was the uh, that was my extent of knowing someone who owned an exotic animal. And I know if Ron McGill, uh, who you see on the Levitard. Yes here on the Levitard show all the time is listening to this or watching this. He is appalled uh, at this story. Um, this is not his kind of thing. He does not want people to own exotic animals. But I just like you would figure you would figure Carabas would have some sort of policy <laughs> like in place that would prevent <laughs> this kind of thing from happening. <laughs> most, most of the time it went great. I mean it just it just and it just that one time just right. that 
And let's be honest, the kid probably did something to provoke right. the monkey. He, you're saying the child deserved it, Andy? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying the child deserved it. All I'm saying is I don't want to condemn Monkey Mondays <laughs> as, as an event, like, you know, out of pocket, you know, just completely whole cloth. I mean, 99 out of 100 times, those Mondays work out just fine. That's By all I'm saying. Let me also explain Stewart, Florida to you. Okay? <laughs> Stewart, Florida is like Pleasantville, which is the weirdest part of all of this, right? Like that's the other part of this story that we haven't discussed. Like Stewart, Florida is like north of Palm Beach, um, kind of like halfway between like Palm Beach and Orlando. So it's basically either people who want to get away from the bigger cities in like Miami, Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach or Orlando and like want to move somewhere in the middle that's more neighborhoody, right? More okay. And uh, yeah, apparently that also means uh, bringing your pet exotic animals to Carabas. Okay. Apparently it's, that it's, Carabas it's, now is just, they, they made a rule. It's just uh, <laughs> not joking, service dogs and horses. Yeah. By the way, the name of this photo is uh, Pond Wastewater Scum Stock Footage. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's that that's the name of that photo where I found it. That I is did. a five-star thing. All right, Andy, go ahead. Uh 42-year-old Kimberly Gable told Pinellas County deputies she was, quote, blacked out drunk after she allegedly stole a live lobster from a tank at a red lobster and ran out of the restaurant. According to the Sheriff County's office report, Gable was, quote, causing a scene at the restaurant when she was approached by the manager. At about 1.15 p.m. Saturday, Gable was asked to leave the restaurant after customers complained about her causing a disturbance. She then proceeded to reach into the water tank containing the live lobster, grabbed the lobster, and ran out of the restaurant. She does not recall what she did with the lobster. She was released on a $100 bond. Probably took it to Carabas. <laughs> We're at bit a six-year-old. Okay, here, here's what I'm going to tell you. I mean, that is absolutely. Oh, cool. and by the way, yeah, here she yeah. is. Here's yeah, it, not it, it, it is not the I same know. woman. It looks no. like it's the same woman, but it's no, not the same. It's not look, look how ashamed Kimberly looks at her action. <laughs> she is very ashamed. Four, four gators. I'm going four, four gators. gators. Okay, excellent. Um, and let me explain something. Like Pinellas County, I was just because the other ones you mentioned, right? Like. Volusia, Pasco, you know, Stewart, etc. Those areas more rural or suburban or whatnot. No, Pinellas County is like St. Petersburg, like right Tampa, like that area. So I was gonna be like, well, you know, most of this stuff happens in these like dunk type areas. No, no, no. We have it at a Red Lobster in like the middle of a normal city. Yeah, here we are. So. Middle of the day. Who is hammered at one fifteen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what he should have done is eaten some of those cheddar biscuits, which are delicious. It would have sucked the alcohol. They are really. I, good. I have a. I, it's been a while since I've been. We have. We, if we have time, we do have one fast food story we can get to. But it is. It's been a little while since I've been to Red Lobster, but I do kind of have a soft spot, and it is built mostly around. The uh, the cheddar biscuits, the cheddar biscuits are delicious, man. They are like, good. I've been in a while, um, but I, it they are so so good. It's funny though. I've had those experiences where you remember stuff as a kid, or as maybe even like a teenager, or like you know whatever, like in college, and you're like, oh man, I love that stuff. And then you go back as an adult after mm. your palate has changed, and you're like, no. ooh, that happened to me once at Sizzler. Um, 
You know, yeah. I, as a kid, I loved Sizzler. And then I went back with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and we went to a Sizzler, I want to say like on the west side somewhere, right? Like I, I don't even remember where we were, but here in the west side somewhere, this is many, many, many years ago when we were dating. And um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to have me some Malibu chicken. <laughs> I remember Malibu chicken tasting so delicious when I was 10 I'm going to have Malibu chicken. And then I ate the Malibu chicken. And I'm like, this is awful. Like, what am I here to have Malibu chicken? I, I basically discovered, um, because there was a sizzler across the street from my dorm my freshman year. So, you know, my, my roommates and I would go there a lot. I mean, it's perfect yeah. when you're 18 in college. Sure. I, I came to discover that basically once I stopped getting high on a regular basis, sizzler didn't taste nearly the same. <laughs> like it really, really helps to be high. Yeah. And I would imagine also either that or just like 10, right? Where you yes. don't have any actual taste buds. Or high in 10. One of the, one yeah, of the I, you don't you're not going to Sizzler yeah. for the sirloin or you're going for the quantity of the sizzler. I don't even know if you're going to all sizzler the stuff. Yeah. No, Sizzler's Sizzler's gone. It's kind of like Olive Garden. You're going for the salad yeah. and the breadsticks. But I mean yeah. post COVID. I, I mean, the, the whole Sizzler format, I don't know oh, if that's going to exist anymore. The other place? Golden Corral, right? Like, no yeah. chance. Golden Corral, uh, Soup Plantation. Yeah, something like that, after, you know, post-COVID. Because I'm not above, like, you know, I love me some get-down food every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Um, but, and and I will crush a buffet whenever I'm, like, in Vegas or whatever. But even now, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Maybe oh, not. It, it, it feels like a savage like type tradition, the buffet now, like it, it feels it's really. I was in Vegas for summer league. You know, I'm there for. I was there for two weeks at a time. Uh, every time I was there for the entirety of it, like from day one through the last game, I'm you know I'm on the team that's calling the championship game. So there were at least you know you're there for two weeks. There's at least two or three buffet nights in there where you're just like you know what I don't feel like going to a restaurant. I just want to go in like my jeans and a t-shirt and just crush a buffet and go back to the room and go to sleep, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be uh, the deal anymore. I think it's yeah. going to be room service on those nights. So. I find the, the, you know, the, the buffet is a uniquely American sort of monument to excess and waste that just might be going away. Um, all right. My last one for me, okay. as I say on the radio, I've, I've got uh, for this as right. Well. Okay. This is that's, that's straight from Mason Island. Last one for me. Um, a Jacksonville oh store's God. close proximity to drug testing centers resulted in the owner banning customers from using the microwave to warm urine stored in bags or containers. Okay, well, well, start again? Oh, no, no, no. Go, go, wait, 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 wait. Just start all over again. I need to hear. <laughs> yes, a Jacksonville store's close proximity to drug testing centers resulted okay. in the owner banning customers from using the microwave to warm urine stored in bags or containers. Okay, so. Uh, hey, Regular store. Uh, do we know what kind of store? It doesn't say. I, okay. I gather it's a convenience store. Okay. Okay. No, yeah, oh, it's on on the fly convenience store. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So don't, don't warm your urine from next door. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, Peru Patel, owner of On the Fly Convenience Store on the corner of Phillips Highway and Shad Road, toward, told First Coast News, we got sick and tired of people bringing in their urine containers. They're just random people walking in, and it's happening every day. Ah. <sighs> 
Five. <laughs> five gators. Five. There they are. Yes. Gators. Yeah, it's five gators. Um, <laughs> okay. Like that, that is its own entity. We almost don't even claim it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Georgia, really? It's, it's north, Northern Florida is Southern Georgia. I get that, but I mean, yeah. it's still yours. Sorry, I mean, yes, technically it's still ours, but yeah, um, yeah. Look, man, what's straight- the, what do you what do you think? What is the etiquette for that, George? Because if I walk into a convenience store and I'm not necessarily planning on buying anything, but I want to use the bathroom, is that microwave <laughs> smell, man. <laughs> think about it this way. Just think about it this way. When you're at a normal office <laughs> setting, right, and they have a microwave at your office, like most of the time people will be like looking sideways at the person who maybe brings fish from home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Could you – and because that, that's reeks. It smells terrible when you're heating up fish in a microwave. What the hell does urine smell like <laughs> in a microwave? Oh, it's got to be – it's got to be so, so wrong. I mean, Every day. Literally Multiple people. For you. Yes. And and doing this, by the way, without even like buying something. Like they're just walking in, microwaving their pee, and they're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Are they doing that? Is there a reason behind this? Are they doing it because it will make their pee come back clean? Like is that? No, I, I think it's because if you're if you are trying to pass off a bad sample and you give them cold urine, you can't fake it. You have to have warm. They're going to instantly know that's not your like live pee if it's if it's cold. Right. So they're coming in to dig the drug test, bringing in a sample. So that's not theirs, right? So they're bringing in, oh, I see. You, you know, know what they need? A whizinator. I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. The whizinator, man, it was ahead of its time. Yep. Really was. Ahead of the local convenience store. All right, the uh, the last one from me. Um, well, we're out of people after that, so. Yeah, <laughs> Pinellas County, uh, Florida. A Florida man claimed yeah. ignorance when jail officials found syringes in his rectum during an early morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Scott. <laughs> 40 years old was arrested Friday in Pinellas County on an outstanding warrant charging him with drug possession reported the smoking, smoking gun when Scott was searching the jail officers found three syringes inside his rectum however Scott claimed that he had found the syringes and they were not his but he could not explain how they wound up in his buttocks he was charged with introducing contraband in a correctional facility held on a $5,000 bond. George. <laughs> five. five. Finish yes. Finishing strong. You guys, I, I was worried at first with the story selection, but I should never have doubted you two. Um, yeah, you got a five there. Um, so I have a friend. Every famous story starts that way, right? Uh, I have a friend. <laughs> was this friend also at Dan Lebetard's wedding, George? <laughs> no, this was not at Dan Lebetard's wedding. <laughs> this person works, um, is uh, yeah, TSA, right? So, um, you know, and they uh, they work in like the, I guess, the drug unit, whatever that part of the unit is called. Um, and at the airport, uh, from people flying internationally, he has told me a ton of stories of people shoving things up their rectum uh, that you would never believe, including a guy who apparently um, shoved uh, 
some powder, let's just say, in there. And uh, yeah, they had to rush him to the hospital very quickly. They couldn't even question him. Like it was that quick. So this is a thing in Florida. If you're traveling for some reason, I never understood, uh, though I guess I can understand his situation as well. Uh, also trying to sneak it in uh, to a jail, it sounded like, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, nothing I would ever do, exit only for me. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I get it, is what I would say. I, I think, you know, Andy, you had a, a theory when, when Coos got hit with one of those warnings uh, the other like, earlier this week about flopping. And it was so ridiculous and so over-the-top yeah. dramatic that you shouldn't be punished for it. I feel I, like if you can pull off with a straight face, I don't know how those syringes got in my rectum and can do it, they should let you go. I mean, here's what's crazy is he – Clearly, it had those things up his ass for a while because he got arrested with them. <laughs> so, like, I mean, when did they first enter said rectum? Like, yeah, what, no. what was what was the end game? <laughs> I think we, need, we need a we need an expose. We need a uh, you know a follow up story. I think that's like, maybe that's what we need for the next time I'm back. We've all been pulled over, like you know, when you're a teenager and you try to pull with the police. I don't know how that beer ended up in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, it must have been my dad's. Yeah, you know, yeah. It is really Can you imagine the what your posture would have to look like if you had syringes in your butt? <laughs> like you clearly, are sitting very straight. I was gonna say clearly great posture is I'm not you're, sitting down. If oh, you're God. a sculptor, maybe this is the way to go, is what you're saying. Ooh, ooh. officer. I don't know how those three syringes ended up in my butt. I just were they loaded syringes? Was there anything in them? Do we know uh, that? It did not say. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't that specific. Uh, I, I, I. I um. I think your friend, by the way, everybody has a podcast now. Um, your friend needs to start one entitled "Things That it, You Know," just the things in people's butt buttocks. Things that discovered pod, in the rectum. Podcast, yes, podcast. <laughs> I honestly. So how, about how about this? Ready? The rectum files. <laughs> <laughs> and go. Um, all right, so that that ends uh, our inaugural. What we hope will be uh, one of uh, a, a a much beloved segment on the late night happy hour sedano explains florida yeah. um apologies to two gators who never had a chance to appear but hopefully you know one down the road we'll see two gators Maybe. um there it is there they are wow that <laughs> was a great are. now i wish i would have picked them at one point yes it is no it's actually one of the, it gets much harder as you go along to find the uh, photographs with the appropriate amount of gators originally this is going to be a one to ten thing and yeah, i told andy we're going to need to do that one to five yeah, the the three, what the ten? Yeah, <laughs> the three, those guys feel like they look like they're having fun. Kind of adorable. <laughs> In all honesty. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my yeah. ragtime gal. Um, yeah, I mean, like four, <laughs> four is just like a child's flash. Yeah. Hey, whatever you needed to do, you know what I mean. I get it. Um, George Sedano, you know him from, and we didn't even get to the, the giant monster sandwich, but there's just, you know, there's so much to cover. You know him from uh, Sedano, LZ, and Cap, which is now, it's still, it's five to eight now, right? Or is it four, four, to, seven. Seven. four, four to seven? You guys, everybody keeps moving. 
Yeah. At that station. Um, yeah. And of course, when are you next on TV? When are you doing that? Uh, so around the horn on Monday, uh, I have a game Warriors Indy on Wednesday and then uh, the jump on Friday next week. So, and you can just do all this from home now. Um, well, I, I try to do around the horn and the jump um, in the studio. Um, it's actually nice because there's nobody there, um, although very eerie initially when right. I was doing it months ago. Um, but yeah, so around the horn, it's literally just me in a room. So it could be here. I could have done it here if I wanted to. Um, but they now want us in a studio if we can. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I'll, be, I'll be in Indy for the game, uh, which as a matter of fact, I have to take uh, – I, you know, the company's done a really good job of getting us tested before multiple times before we actually get into the arena. Them and the league are working together on that. Uh, so I have to uh, partake in the COVID protocols beginning on Sunday and uh, and then back to do the jump on Friday. And yeah, Rachel's out because she'll be flying somewhere to do a game on Saturday. Um, I don't know who is next Saturday because obviously Lakers. I, and dude, I, don't even know when, I don't even know when next Saturday is. You've got to go somewhere, clearly, yeah. to travel. So I'm sitting in for her. It's, it's not a Laker game because they don't play on the 27th. So she's she's doing this on behalf of two other teams. Uh, right. right. Frankly, our audience doesn't care about anyway. So there you have it. That's it. So the radio show during the week, 4 to 7 on ESPN uh, Los Angeles. And then uh, three appearances next week. we got a, right. a Sedano TV appearances. Next Tell week. Kaplan to pick it up. Um, I will. Let's go. Okay, uh, dude, it, it is. It is. Out. Yeah, it's it's great to see you. Like literally, see you. We've Thank heard you. you, but now we see you. Um, and it's it's and you and the family are doing well. And we will we will do this again soon because I don't think we're done explaining Florida. No, we are never going to be done explaining Florida. <laughs> this can be a recurring bit for as long as you need it to be because there will always be stories. Thanks to the law in 1909. All right, 1909. Yes. That's the only. Great. To only reason that fuck state. you texas florida's the freest state in the nation great to see you too hope the family's great can't wait Good. to be back on again All All right, thank you, you so much man we appreciate it thank you right i think people can hear me now that was delightful that was i love so that. much fun actually um, we we um, had been we had been looking forward to doing that talking Andy. for so long and finally, we're able to set this up, uh, the time with George, and it was an absolute delight. Thank you again to George Sedano for making that happen. It was fantastic. Uh, Brian is experiencing some type of technical difficulty. No, I'm back, I think. Okay, right? there you, you go. Me? Yes, yes, yeah. now you can. There you go. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that that's that's the show. We're not going to top that. I got a great slate of guests set up already for next week. Got the whole week filled. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we'll start there. Kavitha Davidson and Jessica Luther uh, have a really fascinating book about fandom uh, and some of the challenges that it uh, presents to people. Um, so we'll do that on Monday. Sopan fandom Deb. Fandom sports. Yes. Thank you. Um, we'll talk about, uh, to uh, Sopan Deb, who does the NBA for the New York Times, but also is an author, a uh, great you know, pop culture guy and all that Tuesday. And our friend Sabrina Merchant is going to join us after the big Utah game on Wednesday. Woo! Really excited about that. So uh, make sure you tune in with us uh, next week as well. Thanks again to Sedano for coming on. That was a ton of fun. And we will see everybody next week. Donk your needle on.